What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Shockcast Episode 2. I'm here giving a small disclaimer before we actually start the show. This is, of course, a live show. Every once in a while, you will hear a technical difficulty happening in the background, but the show must go on. So if you're listening on audio, that's what's happening. Of course, if you want to be part of the show in action, join us at twitch.tv slash Live every Wednesday at 8.30. And yeah, see you on the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode two of the Shockcast, and it turns out we already have our first technical difficulty. There we go. Perfect. We got our faces back on. Welcome to episode two of the Shockcast. My name's Luke Intaldi. Joining us today is uh, Giuseppe Nelva, and everyone should know who he is. I mean, if you go to DualShock, because you know who Giuseppe is. So can you give us a a brief explanation of who you are, what you are? What you do? Like, how long you've been like a dual this shocker? brutally without without even introducing Chris? Sorry, that's brutal. Who's Chris? Okay. what are you talking so, about? Uh, I have no idea. This is this guy, <laughs> this unknown guy that joined for some reason. Uh, well, I'm the news editor at Dual Shockers, so I've been around for about three years on this side, doing this whole sort of thing, whipping people into shape. Uh, Lou knows that very well, right, Lou? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I got scars on my back from it. Yeah. Can you show us? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> later. Um, speaking of the back, I don't believe – well, your, your picture isn't coming up, but the flag in the back before, uh, I haven't seen the Italian flag in quite some time, but that's not the Italian flag, is it? What, what flag? Oh, that flag. <laughs> You're new. My, so my picture isn't coming up and you're asking me what it is. Uh, so people are not going to understand anyway. But that, that's the Gion flag. That's the principality of Gion flag. Basically, that's that's from Gundam. Right. Okay. Oh, now it's there. Everyone can see it now. Yeah. Right. That's that's that's. Let, let me let me get out of the way so you can. There. No wait. The other side. So that that's that's what it is. It's it's a principality of June flag. And it's from an anime series. It's not what you think it is. <laughs> right. So. So and you, wait wait wait. You didn't know what it was. What? Sorry. You did not know what it was. No, I have absolutely no clue. I'm not, I've never been much into the anime scene, unfortunately. Uh, okay. I'm slowly getting uh, into it. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also taking your, your geek card and not giving it back anymore. I'm sorry. Right. No, I, I, I accept the punishment. And you know what? <laughs> that is a great way to start any kind of podcast that goes up on MP3 is talking about visuals and stuff in the background and stuff like that. Um, so speaking of which, if you do listen to the MP3, uh, that's great. We love you. But you could also come and tune in every Wednesday at 8.30 at twitch.tv, DualShockers Live, see Giuseppe's flag, see our beautiful faces. Um, but I have, of course, forgotten to include one person. We've got Chris here, Chris Conlin again, snuck onto the Skype call. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing good. You guys can't get rid of me. I'm here now. <laughs> you just got the, uh, you got the password. You can manage to hack into it. I don't really understand what you're doing here. And people may notice we don't have Ryan in here today. Unfortunately, he's being mauled by a bear right now. I don't, I don't know what excuse to give him. But he's not in today. He's uh, currently recovering from PAX East. Next week, he's going to come in and talk to us about 
Suda 51 and Outlast and all the f- awesome things he did. But actually, you're wrong. Okay, he uh, didn't know what the the flag on the back was, so he's being fired. <laughs> yes. Um, Sorry. Uh, next time, get schooled. <laughs> okay, of course. So today we're doing two giveaways again. The first giveaway um, is a very specific one. Uh, it's only going to be uh, applicable to some people, but we're doing a Rise of the Tomb Raider season pass giveaway that we have. And that's donated by uh, Ryan, who couldn't be here. It was his parting gift, though he will be back next week. Later on, uh, the same section that we did it last time, we're going to be doing uh, Quantum Break on PC again. So look forward to that. We're going to do that right at the end. Uh, so, Chris, I know I didn't give you any time. Can you roll a giveaway? Uh, yeah, sure. So you guys have the best chance of getting this since you are here early. And boom. I won it, apparently. I guess. One Let's second. just re-roll that. <laughs> Is the stream frozen right now? All right, the stream's frozen. We're going to reset the stream. Oh, no. Oh, man. What a shit show. All right. Hopefully we're back. Sorry about the technical difficulty. Everything should hey. be working now. Uh, though we're going to have a delay on the stream, so we're going to see in a, in a moment or two whether everything's working. So, what we're talking about today is we're talking localization, we're talking exclusivity, and we're talking the wealth of news. We are back online, I see us now. Uh, We're talking the wealth of news that we have uh, that came out this week, uh, especially today too. And we're going to start off talking Golden Week, PlayStation Network sale. Uh, This week is, is it this week, Giuseppe? You would know better than I would. I think it's this week. Okay, so this week is Golden Week. Japanese-only holiday for the most part. Uh, PlayStation Store's Golden Week sale is currently running, and they have a sale for 75% for PlayStation Plus users, 50% for non-PlayStation Plus users. But uh, notable games include Digimon Cyber Sleuth, uh, Gravity Rush Remastered, Rainbow Moon, and Suikoden 2. Did any one of us grab any games? I didn't yet. Uh, Golden Week isn't started formally anyway because it starts tomorrow. By okay. The way. Uh, I know I'm not sure if the sale starts tomorrow, but Golden Week in Japan starts tomorrow. Actually, tomorrow for me because here is the 28th. It starts on the 29th in the 29th. So it's in two days for you guys. Okay. Um, yeah, I picked up uh, Digimon Story. I've heard great things about that, and even though I'm not the largest Digimon fan, it, it sounded Interesting enough, I was surprised not to see Persona 4 on there. Chris, did you Yeah, that's, 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 probably, that's probably going to appear later, I think. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to hear some Persona news in a couple of weeks, actually, in, uh, in like eight days from now, on the 5th of May. Um, so we'll have to see what happens, because th- there is a, a big Persona 5 event, and... You know, when there is this kind of event, they put things on sale normally. So there is a possibility that they're going to put Persona 4 on, fa- on sale. Right. Okay. Oh, it's on sale? Oh, that's great. Someone just said that it's on sale. Oh, it is on sale. Oh, Sweet. wow. You're uh, a noob, Chris. <laughs> so how about Chris? What are you guys, what are you getting? Anything? Uh, I'm probably going to pick up uh, Digimon Story once I get paid on Friday and I stop being poor. Right. All right. But, uh... Pretty much the same reason. I've been interested in it, and I do like Digimon, 
Uh, so I kind of wanted to give it a shot, but not for 60 bucks. Got it. That's understandable. Uh, it's a good game, though. I actually already have it. Another issue is that there's just a ton of fantastic games, I think, coming out this week or in the next few weeks. It's very hard to, I think, concentrate. Like, normally I, I splurge on sales when there's nothing to play. But uh, I'm, lo I'm looking forward to too many things between Alien Nation and everything that's already just came out. Well, my backlog is enormous, so... <laughs> I can imagine. I think anyone who works in the games industry will have... Oh, even, even, just, even just because, you know, every time there's a Steam sale, I spend, like, a ton on it. Right. I get, like, 12 games that I never play. Like, right. everyone else. To, you just have to start throwing money, money at Gabe Newell. Yeah, but it, it's very simple. You see, oh my God, Steam sale! Let's buy everything, right? And you get this, uh, and you get these games that you, you think you'll play sooner or later one day, and then you don't. Yeah, my, uh, I think there was this site. Uh, I don't know if it's still up. There was this site that kind of calculated how many games you actually played in your Steam collection, and I had like one percent played. Wow, I um, there was a how long to beat. Uh, thing where you could put in your Steam address. They probably still have it running. But you go to howlongtobeat.com and you put in your Steam um, ID and they go through all the games you have. They tell you how long the average time would take to beat all of that. Last I checked, mine was 120 days to beat every game. Yeah, my mine is probably going to be 120 years. Right. So, uh, yeah, better not look at that. Yeah. All right, so we're going to move on to the next news story, real news. Uh, this one has to do with Uncharted 4, and uh, there was a lot of rumors early on a few days ago that Uncharted 4 was having um, some issues with street date. Uh, first, people were saying that the Amazon, Amazon was shipping it early, and that was really just a problem with the system, and I think most people should have realized that, especially after Fallout issues that have happened. But yeah. more notably, people were noting that UK retailers were b breaking street date. However, uh, Sony sent out an official comment saying that wasn't actually an issue. Uh, Uncharted 4 Thief's End was stolen by thieves in a, uh, in a violent assault, which is, of course, very sad. We don't know if well, there's that any... that is injury. an issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Naughty Dog actually responded to this because there is concerns about spoilers and stuff because there are the spare copies of Uncharted 4 um rolling around uh what exactly did they say did they say giuseppe well they say that uh there are, there are going to be surprised that we don't want to to see spoiled mm -hmm. so uh basically to try to resist the temptation to see the spot to watch the spoilers and whatnot and just play the game which is understandable because you know they've been working for so many years at that so it's pretty normal that developers will hope that you know, people just play the game instead of watching it on on YouTube or on Twitch or whatnot. Right. And so, I'm going to exp I'm expecting quite a lot of Twitch streams to appear in the next few days, and I'm expecting to 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 see Sony with some people ready with the with a with a finger on the button to to bring them down with a nice cease and desist letter or something. Um, no, no, just just on on Twitch, like they can they can have the the streamer banned, like it happened from, with the Order eighty six with with a lot of other games before. Like they can they can if if you stream a game that's not released yet, they can basically have Twitch ban your account or at least suspend it. Right, and we haven't really been talking the chat yet. So if you're in the chat, let us know if you're going dark for 
uh, Uncharted 4, what you may be doing. Um, yeah, do you think this is going to get ruined for you, Giuseppe? Oh, it's going to get ruined simply because I have to review it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, so I'm probably going to have to play it quite, uh, quite a lot earlier than when it comes right. out. But I guess it's not going to be ruined. Right. I'm not going to watch streams or what. Right. Um, I just remember people probably, like... It's easier for me to, to wait because, you know, I'm probably going to play it pretty soon. Right, right. Uh, MC Dotton says, I'm on Media Blackout on Uncharted 4. Can't wait to play that game. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same. Normally, I, I peruse the occasional subreddits that will leak that kind of stuff, like uh, 4chan or um, even... You I, read I nor- 4chan? I read... Go to the Reddit 4chan. It shows the best of the best. It's... I don't really participate okay, in the comments. You're, you're semi-fired. <laughs> if you actually read Fortune, I'd fire you. Oh, of course. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I think but, at uh, this point, I'm going to keep a tally, and I'm pretty sure you're fired and like a half now. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm at least <laughs> fired and a half. Uh, but there's definitely places. Don't go to like the lowest voted comment because you're absolutely going to see something. Um, even probably on the gaming subreddits. or I highly doubt NeoGAF, but... Um, yeah, it's something that I would be cautious about. NeoGAF actually has, has, a, has a thread for spoilers for our front charges, so that's, that's a pretty sensible way to do it, mm-hmm. in, in meaning that the, the, most of the spoilers would probably go, oh, I had my video turned off, that's why you guys couldn't see me. That's weird. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, so basically, they have the, their, their little thread just for spoilers, so people normally go there. And that, that's, a, that's a sensible way to do it. If you want to have spoilers, put them all in the same place where people know they are going to receive spoilers and only people that want them go. Of course, it's the temptation, but it's better than nothing. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, so we're going to move on from here. We're going to get mm-hmm. to Uncharted in the next few weeks, I'm sure. But some big Nintendo's news came out, so you can just start tuning out, Giuseppe. Um, <laughs> last night in, at like 3 in the morning, at least in the US, we got a ton of news about Nintendo. Um, specifically that they're going to officially launch the Nintendo NX March 2017, which uh, I was not expecting 2017, but we'll get into that. Um, they also said that The Legend of Zelda, a Wii U, is also going to be coming to Nintendo NX. And further, they're not going to, or at least that's how they made it sound. It was kind of ambiguous, but they're absolutely not showing any of the console at E3. Um, what do you make of that news, Chris? You're, you're a Nintendo fanboy. Oh, I'm really disappointed. <laughs> um, Nintendo has had a history of like not that great of E3 conferences the last couple of years. But right. to pretty much come out and be like, hey, guess what, guys? We're only going to show uh, Zelda Wii U, which isn't coming out till 2017. That's going to be the only playable game. And on top of that, we're not going to show off the NX until our own later date. And that's coming wait, wait. out in 2017. Wait, like, Chris, they, I don't think they say that it's going to be the only playable game. They, they say that they're focusing on that. I, I, heard, I don't know. I'm, I've heard from some places that they were saying it's like the only playable game on the floor. Mm, I think they were interpreting because the, the official thing they said, it's that they're focusing on it. So they're probably going to have it. Yeah, I remember okay. IGN reported it. I, I didn't remember seeing that. Um, but... It, that may be the case. I, I think that more so what that meant, if they meant it that way, and which is pure speculation based on wording, is that maybe it might be the only game on floor, but they'll have a direct 
So there will still be a lot of news. It won't just be uh, soul direct about Zelda and they're going to completely drop off on things that have already been announced, frankly, like um, Paper Mario Color Splash is still coming out uh, for Wii U. And I'm sure there's other stuff. We still got... Um, it's pretty much that and indie titles for the Wii U for 2016 at this point. Yeah. Which, but as a Wii U early adopter... I'm pretty sure they're going to they're gonna have some titles because they're not going to have like a presence just for Zelda, even even if Zelda's big. Come on. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, unless it's the most spectacular Zelda game. But what do you think about this? I saw it on Reddit earlier today and in a few comment sections where people were mentioning that the Wii U will be officially the first, minus the Virtual Boy, um, the first Nintendo console without its own... Legend of Zelda game, its own uh, exclusive Legend of Zelda game. Well, that's kind of easy. It, it kind of has it. It's not exclusive, but who cares? I mean, is it is right. that important? Yeah, I mean, I, it's. I think it's a good idea to to actually put the, the game on on the on the NX because it it kickstarts it. Oh, definitely, it's going to be a great launch lineup if it starts with the Zelda game. I mean, it's but, it's cool to bash the Wii U, but honestly, I will say. As a Wii U owner, though, if the reason Zelda U is kept getting pushed back and pushed back is because they're like, we're going to put it on the NX, I'm a little salty about it, you know? Like, mm. I've been sitting here with essentially Mario Kart, Smash, and what, Super Mario 3D Land? Mario Maker. Mario Endless Maker. Content. <laughs> Endless Platoon, content as long as the community is Splatoon. Splatoon. I can play two laps for every, like, what is it now, eight hours? It's great. <laughs> So my big issue with it, um, and I'm, I fall down more in the middle, I think, on this. I, I'm excited for the NX. I'm excited to see what they're bringing to the table. I like that we have a confirmed date. I don't, And I know that I, I was almost certain that Zelda was coming out on the NX. As much as they were saying it's only Wii U, it's going to be the Wii U exclusive game. Um, my issue was the reason I bought the Wii U was because of that. I don't know if you guys remember, but the E3 trailer where they showed off right uh, when they were launching the Wii U, they showed off that great HD Zelda concept. Oh. Um, yes. Which never came to be, really, and I was hoping that we would get that at some point, but now it's just learning that not only is that not going to be the case, but I, I'm personally going to be playing it on the NX. Well, that that concept was explicit, explicitly a tech demo, so I, right. I didn't really expect to have it. But I think what we have so, so, seen so far of, of the new Zelda, and you know I'm not exactly a big fan of Zelda for yeah. story reason mostly. <laughs> right. Uh, because I think they could flesh the story and the characters more. But still, the the concept looked very, very, very nice. I actually like that concept more. Which, I mean, what we saw that exactly the actual game more than the old concept that they shown. Maybe it's not as graphically fleshed out, but the whole uh, size of the environments and all that, it looks a lot better for me. I mean, that other one looked looked like a dungeon combat game like any other. Yeah. Oh, I can see that. Uh, CN Savage in the comments said, uh, NX hype, I'm actually ready for a new Nintendo console. I don't like the Wii U, but it has some great games. Yeah, I, I guess there's definitely some hope that there will be backwards compatibility. I'm not sure. It really depends on what the controller ends up being. But that's a great point. Um, yeah, I've heard that the controller is not going. It's not going to have any face buttons, and if that is true, that's going to ruin it for me. I hope that's not <laughs> true, honestly. That that would kill me on the inside. I, I couldn't live with that. 
it was like when they announced the title Wii U, I, I died. Part of me is just gone now. Um, all right, so we're going to move on. We're, we still have Nintendo news, and we want to get off Nintendo news. Uh, Nintendo, in this conference that they held last night, also talked about their mobile games. And they've, uh, they're have they continuing to say, and with good reason, I think, that Mitama has been so far a success with 10 million downloads or users and 20 million me photos, and I have to say that I probably account for at least a quarter of those. Um, also, they've announced that Animal Crossing and Fire Emblem mobile titles are in the work, which I think is great. Uh, what do you think, Giuseppe? Are you a Fire Emblem fan? Uh, I've, be, I've been a fan of the old Fire Emblems, not, uh, not the latest ones. Yes. But I, I actually love the Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing, and it's probably the perfect title to put a mobile. That's definitely... That's definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fire Emblem is 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 good as well for mobile because it's a strategy RPG. That that's pretty much good mobile territory, definitely. Right. So they're 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 good choices for for mobile games. Uh, I don't play many mobile games, uh, mm-hmm. mostly because when I travel, I'm covering news mostly on my laptop, so I right. don't have time to play a mobile game. So when I'm at home, I just play on my big screen. So, but definitely. I think there are two franchises that are good for mobile, so it's a good it's it's a good choice. Chris, do you think you could think of any better games that should come out, or any better franchises that Nintendo could choose to port to mobile? Uh, not off the top of my head. Honestly, I feel like Giuseppe's right. I think Fire Emblem, just being a strategy game, uh, fits on mobile very well. Um, and I mean, I guess Pokemon works on it too, but we're getting Pokemon Go, so yeah. they're already doing that. So I, re- I really, off the top of my head, can't think of anything. At this point, I'll take a Metroid mobile game just so I can have something other than Federation Force that's Metroid. Right. Yeah. And most people are still very upset about that. Well, they could do Star Fox on mobile since they, they are abstaining to, you know, they are so detached their mind to, like, uh, use weird controls with it. <laughs> right. So touch controls. They, they tried the, the gyrospot copic one, so let's try touch too. I'm joking. Don't, don't, don't lynch me. I'm joking. All right. So we did it. We got off the Nintendo news. We're moving to uh, the game that everyone's actually looking forward to, Horizon Zero Dawn. And there was some uh, controversial news. We still don't know if it's 100% true, I believe. Giuseppe, can you can you? Yeah, basically, one? Uh, one of the, the basically the only insider that's left that I trust, which is uh, Shinobi602, uh, said that his connections uh, in the industry told him that uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is going to be uh, delayed to 2017. Uh, I tend to trust him because he was the one that uh, that leaked the the themes of the game before the even the the first artwork came out. Mm-hmm. So he, he has he definitely has uh, solid connection. I don't know if within Sony or within Guerrilla itself. I have no idea, but he definitely knows his stuff at least on this game. So I'm pretty, I'm ninety percent sure that it's going to be true. Even because I think everyone expected it. It's such a big game, and and Sony has had a pretty solid history of uh, delaying games in this generation. So zero surprise, really. Right. Yeah, I don't think anyone. I didn't read anyone who really minded it. I think people were upset originally because how he worded. The tweet made it sound like they were doing it because of Neo or PlayStation 4.5, which he clarified wasn't the case. 
Um, yeah. And I, we have to put that out there. But, um, yeah, I, I don't mind a delay. I always have too many games. And in the fall, there's going to be too many games. And I know that no matter when they release Horizon Zero Dawn, I'm going to be happy about playing it. And that's what I'm going to go to. Well, a delayed game can eventually be good. A, a, a rushed game uh, remains bad forever. So, yeah, I'd much rather get, get the delayed games than getting bad games, that's for sure. I, I never had problems with that because I have too much stuff to play anyway. Right. So, yeah, I'm eager yeah, to play it, but I'm eager to play it decent, not not terrible just because it's rushed. Right. So if they need any time, if any developer on any game needs more time, that's great. Just... Take your time. Take all the time you need. I, I'm gonna wait. I'm I'm massively excited for Horizon Zero Dawn. It's probably the game I'm most excited for. But take your time, really, Gorilla. Make it great. More than Persona. Are you a Persona fan? I'm a Persona fan, but that's well, they're more or less <laughs> the same. Uh, the same. Uh, that that one, Final Fantasy 15, Uncharted 4, and Persona 5, and um, Horizon Zero Dawn are, are the ones they're most excited for. Right. But pro possibly Horizon Zero Dawn, I'm more excited than the other ones, just because yeah. it's so different. Yeah, it's... I, I I've played a ton of Persona, I played a ton of Final Fantasy, I played a ton of Uncharted. So you know, this one is unique. It's it's a new IP too. You know. Yeah, you gotta appreciate new IP, especially when it comes from uh, Gorilla, which is I, I've been wanting to see them do something new for a while. So something I... different from the usual shooters too. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, um, Chris? You got any comments on this story? I'm pretty much just, I'm pretty much just in line with Giuseppe. If you're delaying it just to make it better, I go ahead. I have no problem. I make it good. Make it come out. Just, not have like some eight gigabyte day one patch to fix all the bugs. Like I'll take a good game. Just don't make it Star Fox. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so wait, here's a question on it uh, that I think you guys could both contribute to pretty well. Uh, do you think that they should just stop announcing dates? I mean, like, this, it seems like this is a pattern consistently in the industry where, uh, where they announce dates and they end up pushing it. Shouldn't they just wait until they know? Uh, the problem with this, I think, is that they announce dates when they know. They right. When they announce it, they, they do know when a game is probably going to come out. But uh, the problem is that these kind of dates uh, are very fluid. The gaming industry is a, an industry in which shit happens a lot. So when they tell you a date, they're not trying to deceive you normally. At least from my experience, from what I heard uh, and in, in 18 years in the industry, from what I hear and what I see is that very rarely developers and publisher try to deceive people in believing that the game is going to come out earlier than when it's going to come out. It's simply that they have an estimate and they are pretty sure about it when they announce the date. The problem is that from then to the release, shit can still happen. Uh, so yeah, it uh, <laughs> it just happens and, and they have to, to delay things. And this generation has been... Uh, more prone to delays than previous generations. Not that because developers has suddenly became bad or something like that. It's simply that games are becoming more and more and more complex, and many studios still aren't used to it. Yeah, that's a, just a great answer, all well round out. Chris, do you have anything you could add to that? Uh, 
like I said, Giuseppe kind of got everything down. It's <laughs> covering everything on me. Gonna go away. Pull, I'm going I'm to model my Samsung cup and wait for the endorsement. All right. So following this news, uh, we had another Shinobi leak, I believe. Um, Stop doing, like, endorsements. <laughs> Not, we got we to wait for them to actually start paying us. Yeah, um, when exactly. they pay us, they, you can do endorsement. <laughs> Um, so Call of Duty Infinite Warfare leak. This is another one I'm not too versed on. Giuseppe, you wrote the story. Uh, how was it leaked? Uh, well, initially, <laughs> that's the usual Sony leak. But Sony seems to have like, uh, like I don't know who does the, who takes care of uh, um, the PlayStation Network, uh, the PlayStation Store, but it always seems that there is someone or some bot or script or something in that store that makes things leak early. Like if you remember uh, a while ago when um, the when um, Watch Dogs was uh, re-announced after the delays, uh, that one as well was first leaked by the PlayStation Store. And mm -hmm. that definitely isn't the only one. So that there seems to be that, that Sony needs to put a little bit more attention on it on there. <laughs> On their on their systems or the employees, I don't know if this is something that happened because of the because of, of uh, a human error or a script or a bug or something, right. but definitely the PlayStation Store <laughs> leaks so much stuff. And yeah. there has been also a a new uh, leak about that. Someone leaked the cover. Uh, which also included uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, I think, remastered. Mm -hmm. So we'll see if that is legit, but it seems legit. Uh, I think it's going to be announced pretty early, whether it is or it isn't. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens about that. But I think it's going to be a pretty legit leak. And they say, uh, also Shinobi602, uh, <laughs> which is, again, the only, the only insider I trust. So... Um, say that it's very much set in the future and more in the future that previews uh, Call of Duty games. So that's another thing that I expect to be confirmed. I'm not sure, but I expect it. Mm -hmm. So it's going possibly to go into full science fiction, which is interesting. Personally, I would much rather them do World War II. I know it's, it's an unpopular uh, opinion, but I love World War II. So. Right. Chris, are you going to pick this up? Uh, as a former GameStop employee, I have to hate Call of Duty. It's actually in my contract. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm not thinking of picking it up, honestly. Uh, and I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on real quick. And I'm going to say that the fact that the PSN store always seems to leak like these AAA titles either coming out again or something, it, it might be similar to how there's always some iPhone tester who forgets the newest model in a bar somewhere and then people get their hands on it. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it's almost like, uh, it's almost just meant to be like the hype machine to go on there just so people start talking about it. See, I would mm, believe control that, it. but yeah, my, my main issue with that is like, there's so many issues with the weekly updates to play. I, I wrote an article on this. They ended up releasing a game two weeks early by accident because there was a delay and no one caught the delay. It was eventually fixed on the PlayStation blogs drop. But even though they fixed it on the drop, they never fixed it on the uh, PlayStation Store. End up just going live, and people could buy it for like three or four hours. 
Think about how many times, I think at least once a month or once every two months, there is a game that goes up for free and it shouldn't be free. I mean, that's great for people that get it, but still, you know? Right. Yeah. I just like having my little tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. <laughs> everyone needs one conspiracy theory. Uh, so I asked everyone in the chat if they were buying it, we, uh, if they like Call of Duty games, whether they're picking up the game. They said, uh, Mick.N said, if COD came out with a single-player only game, I might give it a try. Uh, and Charlie Savage says, I always end up with Call of Duty. It's always a gift or something along those lines. Uh, so yeah, it, from what it looks like, it looks like a lot of people aren't the biggest fan of it, but they end up getting it. It's kind of like uh, Stockholm Syndrome for video games. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm not the big fan of most Call of Duty. Like, I mm -hmm. like a few of them, mostly for the story, because everyone knows by now that I really suck at shooters in, in multiplayer. <laughs> in single right. player, I, they're bots, I kill them, that's no problem. But in multiplayer, I just get destroyed. Right. At least at the beginning. I, I, get, I get better at a much, much slower pace than other people. So after like uh, five or six weeks, I'm decent enough to resist like five minutes without being killed just because I had somewhere. But yeah. Right. All right. So next on the list, we have Fallout 4 news. Uh, and typically we don't talk Fallout 4 anymore, but they have announced that official mod support has come, which means uh, there's already been mods out if you go to Nexus Mods. Now there's in-game mods. It's what they've promised from the beginning with an in-game menu. You could already go and do it on PC. Uh, meanwhile, consoles are going to be getting it next month and the month prior if you're on Xbox. They did get their console exclusivity for it, so uh, Xbox players are going to be able to pick it up in May. And June, uh, PlayStation players are going to be able to grab it. Uh, Chris, did you play Fallout 4? Is this going to make you pick the game back up again? Um, the more reason to ignore my loved ones and play Fallout 4, the better. Uh, <laughs> so I will be jumping on it once it comes out. Just, just to give it a shot, see what they add in. Aside from, you know, waiting for that bigger DLC to really pick up my... Pick the hype train back up. But I love Fallout 4, so give me more and I will take it. Right. It's going to be a lot of naked mods. Oh, yeah. Do you think they're going to allow that? I don't know. I, I know there are plenty already, for sure. So oh, yeah, there's a bunch of they allow it or not. <laughs> yeah, that, that's so... The developers, developers have a concept. It's called Time to Penis. <laughs> Basically, this is an actual official concept among developers. Like, if you ask developers, they will know what it is. Uh, basically, whenever there is any chance to mod anything in a game, uh, time to penis is the time it takes for someone to mod a penis into the game. And that's normally very, very short. This is something actually that you hear from developers. I'm not inventing it, I swear. I've, I, you know, I've actually heard of it before in at least some context. But, yeah, I wonder how they're going to deal with that. Um, how they're going to deal with trademarked and licensed content that already exists because i mean i remember playing skyrim and going able uh being able to go and turn the dragon into thomas the tank engine which was yeah. fantastic but i can't imagine they're gonna allow that um for an official mod so uh, i'm really wondering they're probably how... going to be curated somehow yeah i wonder how it's going to be done it's very curious i don't have it on pc so i haven't been able to try out the menu so far but um, yeah, I can't wait to try it out and add some stupid shit because I, I know I love that. 
if they or give if you, you want to push... some stupid, stupid shit, just go to Nexus mods and you'll find <laughs> shit. If they yeah. give me a way to put a Macho Man Randy Savage Deathclaw like they have on the PC, I will be I will be so happy. Right. All right. So... I'm not playing these games on PC. That's where mods belong. Because I don't have a real PC, Giuseppe. Stop outing me. <laughs> You're fired. Damn Everyone's it. fired. You can't uh... fire me. I don't technically work here. <laughs> I, can, I still can. Right. Damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, Dalo, Dalo R. Lance says uh, modding will be interesting to see how the heck it works on consoles. Yeah, I also am curious about the limitations because, I, I mean, PlayStation 4 is not a high-end PC. It already struggles running Fallout 4. So how much can you really stack on that? I don't think you can actually import textures. The, the big problem, I mean, the big thing that Im impacts performance in mods is uh, the uh, putting in like I, super high resolution textures and stuff like that. And that, of course, works only if you have a very high uh, hand PC. But uh, on console, it will depend on how much like you can you can stack a lot of objects in a like a dungeon or a environment something like that of course it's going to be choppy but that's something that yeah. happened in um, little big planet as well for instance yeah like little bit planet 3 people if people stack too many items inside the level uh, it became choppy so that's that's pretty normal and that's the same that's going to happen with dreams so it's not like we never saw something like that mm -hmm. yeah i think it's going to be very we oh my god in the comments Actually, Chris is on two in, in the comments, we oh. have uh, a tally right now of how many times we've been fired. And, and you know what? I think this is going to become a running tally. I think I should add it to the OBS thing. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that next week. Anyway, uh, the next story, we have PlayStation Plus and the Games with Gold Games. Game with Gold Games. Games with Gold Games have been announced. Um, and uh, we're going to see how we feel about it. PlayStation Plus is going to be getting uh, Bionic Commando Rearm 2 for PlayStation 3, God of War Ghost of Sparta on PlayStation Vita, Loco Roco Coco Reco. Is that right? <laughs> is that how yeah, you Pretty much. Okay, for PS3. Uh, Switch Galaxy Ultra for PS4 and Vita, uh, Tabletop Racing World Tour for PlayStation 4, and Tropico 5 for PlayStation 4. Al Presidente! <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't tried that. I'm actually really looking forward to it. Uh, you never tried a tropical game before. <laughs> oh my god, this is gonna fire. I'm gonna be fired again. No, it's okay. Okay, uh, they are actually very good games. I, I I actually didn't play five. I played the the the, one, the early ones on PC. They're very right. good games. I think that that's the strong points of this month for PlayStation Four. But go ahead and, and do Xbox. Okay, for Xbox games with gold, uh, we have Defense Grid Two. And Costume Quest on Xbox One. And for 360, which is also, I think, always backwards compatible, we have Grid 2 and Peggle. Mm -hmm. um, well, we can say that it's not at the same level that last month. No, it is not. You know, can't have, can't have it all months. I, I mean, uh, Microsoft has done, has done a great job so far with games with gold. So I'm pretty sure we can, we can, we can forgive a slow month. Uh, PSN, they have done pretty badly lately, I think. But this month, <laughs> Tropical 5 is a pretty good game. Right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris, what, what's your standouts for both? Uh, I'm probably going to wind up playing Tropical 5, because, same as you, I never played it before, and I've stared at, I think, from Tropico 
two and up, I was staring at their game, like the game on the wall at GameStop, and I was like, I should play this, and then just never did it. Um, and I'm gonna throw it out there: if you have an Xbox 360 and you haven't played Peggle yet, please do it and go get addicted the same way I was. It's great. Oh, it's just a great time waster. Oh yeah, yeah. that's what it really is. Uh, CN Savage in the comments says, uh, "Vita God of War will be worth a shot." I, I agree. I think that I haven't played that. That is a good one. Yeah, so that was actually my highlight, I think, just because I've played most God of Wars except that, so I'm very excited. Um, Games with Gold, I, I really enjoy Costume Quest. I, I don't know why. It's it's a great thing to play. I always do it around Halloween, uh, so that's the standout for me. But I, I agree with you, Giuseppe. I, I think this is a weaker month, maybe definitely for Games with Gold. I'm not sure for PlayStation Plus. I think they've all kind of been on the same level for the past few months. And uh, MC Doton is, is asking if uh, replaying God of War, God of Sparta on the Vita is going to be worth it. Well, it's it doesn't really improve all that much. Uh, so if you if you played it on, on PSP, well, if you want to replay, that's great. But it's not like it's a different game. It's not a remaster or anything. So, yeah, uh, it's a great game. Uh, I, I actually liked it when I played it. Uh, and I'm not the biggest God of War fan because I really don't like Kratos, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's a fun game and it's it's possibly one of the best God of War actually. I, I liked it a lot. Um, it was developed by Radio Down and and they they know what they're doing. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, so the last uh, story for today we had nine. Um, I'm not gonna pronounce it right, so I'm just gonna hand this to Giuseppe. You told me how to say it in the beginning, and I've already forgotten how to pronounce it correctly. Seriously. <laughs> okay, you can add one to the title. <laughs> no! <laughs> Alright. So, yeah, the the demo for Niho came out for PS4, and it's really, really good. Like, it's it's really a good game, even better than I expected. It does have a little bit of a of a strange thing in the fact that it's basically a clone of of Dark Souls, like really, really similar in like the basic concepts of the game. You could say it's a Souls-like game, like mm-hmm. uh, you pull people by throwing stones at them. Uh, exactly the same things happens when you die. Uh, like you go back to the to the bonfire. It's not a bonfire; right. it's a shrine, but it's pretty pretty much a bonfire. Uh, the frame rate for Niho is uh, someone is asking in the in the chat if, how is the frame rate from Niho and uh, it depends. It has two. It actually has something pretty interesting. They implemented a setting. They called it either movie mode or uh, action mode. In action mode, the resolution goes down a lot, but the the frame rate is. I think it's steady 60 from what I've seen. Of course, I don't have tools to measure frame rate, but I think it's steady 60 from what I could judge at the naked eye. Or uh, you can throw, like, uh, if you put movie mode, uh, it becomes much better looking, but the frame rate, I think, goes down towards the 30. And uh, strangely, it's called movie mode, but it does not influence uh, cutscenes. Cutscenes are the same whether you're in action mode or movie mode. Honestly, I played the movie mode and I had fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem, uh, of course, is that some people are going to say that they copied from 
from uh, Dark Souls, which is honestly true. They they made a Dark Souls game in Japan. If it was called Sengoku Souls, and I saw from software in the title uh, in the title screen, I wouldn't have been surprised because it's really Dark Souls in the, in Japan. Right. And people were expecting on like a Onimusha-like title. Uh, I actually the funny thing is that. People were expecting it to be like Onimusha. People were expecting it to be like Ninja Gaiden. People were expecting it to be like Dark Souls. No one were expecting it to be its own thing. Right. <laughs> which is kind of funny for me. Which, well, they proved right because it's exactly like Dark Souls. There's a little bit of, um, of uh, its own ideas in some things. Like, for instance, it, it has a little clever thing uh, in which you can... Uh, basically, instead of just seeing the shadows... Of your of the fallen other players on the ground when you touch a grave, you actually can summon them, fight them for loot, mm-hmm. and that's pretty nice. Also, the way that the combat is done is very very nice. They, you have different stances, and you have a st- the stamina system is made in a way in which uh, it's very risk reward. Like if you uh, go out stamina, your character is basically stopped there in, on in, on his tracks, uh, panting. And a lot of time you see both you and your enemy in front of each other panting and waiting to recover stamina. That's pretty nice because you have to uh, to decide like uh, do I do I go with another swing and try to kill this enemy and me and risk being parried and then I'm open to a counterattack or I wait and wait for another opening. So it's very risk reward. I, I liked it a lot. And having done a little bit of a kanjutsu on when I was younger, it's actually pretty realistic the way it handles the katana. Mm-hmm. So I I liked it. I, I I enjoyed it a lot. It needs polish. It's an alpha, of course. So I yeah. I, I wasn't surprised that it needed polish. But it's uh, besides the very very obvious homage to uh, to from software games, which is like borderlines open to a lawsuit <laughs> right. because really it's. It's really a clone for most things, right. but uh, it's a very good one. So yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to play it. Yeah, it's for, it's absolutely forgivable if it's a good one. Uh, Dalo Rance, uh, I keep calling on him. He keeps commenting. Great, good for him. Yeah, um, I, I've known Dalo Rance for for uh, years, and I never learned how to pronounce his name. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he says Niho is uh, good is good really, but it is unpolished. Needs work, and with time, it could easily be a 10. That's the good thing of it being an alpha or a beta or whatever early at. It's already out. Yeah, that's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, everyone says all good things about it, I think. Yeah, I, I've seen some people saying bad things, but I think those people that are saying, like, they're having a negative opinion of it, it's because they are having trouble with the controls because they're trying to play it exactly like Dark Souls. Like, if you try to play it exactly like Dark Souls, you die because the combat is not is the, the thing that it's not like Dark Souls, not exactly like Dark Souls. It requires patience like Dark Souls, micromanaging like Dark Souls, but it's different in how it plays. So if you try to play it exactly like you play Dark Souls, you die. Right. All right. So... From here on, we're gonna go. We have, a, I think, a good segue into that. But we're gonna go into listener questions. Uh, there's gonna be a bit of a delay, but if you have a question, let us know in the stream, and we'll answer it uh, if we can catch it. 
But uh, I got a question yesterday. They listened to us talk about our favorite genres, and I said very early in the beginning that any game where I'm walking around with a sword and exploring new environments like Zelda and Dark Souls and Bloodborne, I, th that's the kind of genre I like. I'm not sure what to classify it as. Uh, one of my friends, Ryan, said, um, so wait, do you think, and I'm not sure, he said he wasn't sure how to feel about it, but do you think that Souls, the Souls game, is the modern version of Zelda? I mean, they both don't have stories. Uh, exploring environments. Story. What? That story. They just don't tell you. Yeah, that that's that's a fair point. But I mean, is it just a harder, um, you know, mechanically better? Um, ver are they in the same genre? Or are they completely two different things? You have nothing to do with each other, according to. Yeah, I'd say they're two different things, honestly. I mean, Souls is a, is an RPG. Zelda isn't. Mm -hmm. And no store. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, I, I would agree. I think that there's more of a reliance on puzzles in the, uh, in Legend of Zelda games, which you don't really have, you do have puzzles, but not nearly as much in Dark Souls. Um, but yeah, it's mostly the RPG elements that are going to set it apart. Um, we also have one from, uh, Eggiehead, he mentioned it in the comments. By the way, if you want to, if you want to send us a question early in advance, you can do it by sending it to Lewis at DualShockers.com, commenting on YouTube, or uh, commenting in the article that eventually goes up on DualShockers.com. Uh, in that article, Eggiehead85 says, um, "Is Sony watching Apple iPhones S generation successes and assuming that they can reshape the console market to behave similarly with PlayStation Neo?" I hope not. Yeah, you're I, mean, not I hope there is, there can, they're probably going to be like a one console in the middle of a generation. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. But I definitely hope we're not going to have one console a year because I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to have to ask the raise. Yeah. <laughs> or, or Sony's going to have to start shipping over yearly consoles to us. But um, what about you, Chris? I don't, I don't think it's that. I, I think we touched on it last time. I really think it's that they're trying to push VR and realize like, oh hey, with what we have, we can't really we can't really do that. So here's the VR compatible like the console that can play VR flawlessly. Have fun. Mm. Um Alright, so we got a question in the chat again. What do you guys think will take the best third person shooter of twenty sixteen? Quantum break. Uncharted 4 and Gears of War and we have to start off by saying all of this is going to be speculation. The only thing we've played at this point is Quantum Break. Um, so mm. do you think that we could even make a guess at this? I don't think so. I mean, I, lo I loved Quantum Break. Right. But I have no I, I mean, what I played Uncharted 4 uh, when I tried it I actually tried a demo Uncharted 4 uh, at an event in Milan month ago but uh it was mostly uh mostly exploration not much shooting so right uh, but i think gears of war is probably going to be mechanically the best third person shooter due to its pedigree mm -hmm. like it, it has a stronger third person shooter pedigree while on the other end uh uncharted 4 is probably going to be better at exploration and puzzling of course because 
Gears of War doesn't have. There doesn't really have many puzzles at all. But yeah, they, they, they're very different titles. Like, even with Quantum Break, there's, I wouldn't be able to compare them right. fairly because they, they're, they, all of them focus in very different things. And they're all experts it's, it's, in very different things. Like, you know, uh, Quantum Break is definitely the new the newcomer, but it's going to be very difficult to compare Uncharted and the multiplayer of Gear. They all special. They're all different specialized uh, specialized classes, so it's very difficult. Do you think you could pick one, Chris? Do you have one pegged that you know is going to be your favorite? What? Yeah, you can add one to Chris. I can't hear Chris. What do you say? Now you can hear me. Okay. Sorry. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I, I, I think if I was going to pick one, I'd probably say it's most likely going to be Uncharted because I'm a huge fan of the franchise. But it, it, it's like you were saying, they're, they satisfy different niches, you know? Right. Like, you could even throw... I'm surprised the vision wasn't, like, mentioned. I know it's not, you know, the most popular game to say, but right. it is a third-person cover shooter with solid cover-to-cover mechanics and people in hoodies who could eat up an entire clip of an M16. <laughs> um, but they all, all the games that are mentioned, I think, satisfy, like you said, they satisfy a different, uh, a different reason you're playing it. Right. So I'll say Uncharted, but it's almost apples and oranges. Yeah, absolutely. Funny thing, though, mm-hmm. The Division and Uncharted have one point in common, and you, and you mentioned it, at least what I played of Uncharted, People really are bullet sponges. You can really shoot them <laughs> up for half oh, an yes. hour and they're still there shooting at you. Right. All right. And so we got what I played on, on normal difficulty because <sighs> they didn't let me play on easy or hard. So I have no idea how those would work. Right. On normal, really, you can put so many bullets in them and they're still up. Right. All right. So we got another question. This one is from CN Savage says, What games should everybody play? at some point in their life. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this is every gamer or just Valkyria Chronicles. Hmm? Valkyria Chronicles and it's coming soon. <laughs> if you have not played Valkyria Chronicles, first of all you're fired. Uh, <laughs> secondly <laughs> wait wait. Have you two played Valkyria Chronicles? I have. I'm safe. Okay. So uh, you can I'll... take one one off your, your tally. What about oh, you, you can't Chris? get rid of a fire. <laughs> He's yeah, the boss. Can. He can do what he wants. Well, well, I'm not the boss, but still. <laughs> I have seniority, so I can fire you. Right. <laughs> Chris, have you played it? Well, my fire tally went up. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, definitely, uh, Chris, you need to play Arcade Chronicles when it comes out of the remaster because it's it's probably one of the best JRPG, strategy JRPGs I've ever seen. Right. So, definitely play it. That, that's the one game I would choose. What about yeah. you guys? Uh, if I had to pick one game for everyone to play at some point of my of their life, uh, and I'm gonna go on that whole stance of it can I want this like everyone in the world to play this, not just gamers. Um, I think probably a good one just, uh, and this is probably an easy answer, but I think everyone should play Journey. I think Journey is definitely an easy game to pick up, and it's very. Uh, and it, it's just a fantastic uh, experience if you if you're in the right place of mind for it and you have to be in the right place of mind for it um other than that one game that i always recommend and i I hate i would hate and i know i'm gonna hate doing this putting in a telltale game 
but I really love Tales of the Borderlands. I think it has one of the best stories, like just story arcs of any Telltale game or game lately, um, outside of an RPG, which it's it's hard to compare a you know a Telltale thing to a fifty hundred hour, you know, thing. But I would recommend that. I think that's got a great appeal to just about everyone. Is just a well told story. For this? me, the game I think everyone should play. Um, I would honestly say I'd want people to play Tales of Symphonia back on the GameCube when it originally came out, because that was, that game was amazing, and it was, I, I think one of my first, like, big introductions to a JRPG with, like, the crazy story that's, like, over the top, and, like, if you're just kind of looking on the outside, you're going, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's an amazing game, uh, and I think everyone should play, everyone should play the Tales games in general, but especially Symphonia. Um, and my honorable mention, because you can't do it anymore, but the original Halo 2 multiplayer back on the Xbox was the best experience ever, and everyone should have done it. Mm. There's some great comments in the chat, and I, I have to bring them up. Of course, someone always has to bring up Super Mario World for SNES. Thanks, Pat Gar. Um, he also mentioned that Tales of the Borderlands is a game that we'll be talking 10 years from now. We, we have That's going to be seen hopefully uh but nefarious nef i didn't consider this but nino kuni um that's also just a game with a lot of charm to it and something that i almost anyone i think can get on board with uh cn yeah uh cn savage says melee um but he also brings jack and daxter so uh yeah, uh, that that could be controversial, especially here, because I'm not a Jack and Daxter fan, and I'm pretty sure Giuseppe's not a Melee fan. I don't really get Smash Bros. So, <laughs> yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't get fighting games. Right. I I have been utterly humiliated by the producer of Street Fighter Five at Tokyo Game Show, like right. really, really badly. It gave me two perfects in a row. So yeah, uh, that's that's fighting games more than Smash Bros. And Jack and Daxter, I, I liked it, but I think um, I think uh, Naughty Dog found its niche more lately with their more realistic story-driven games. Mm -hmm. But you forgot Dolo Airlines 1, which now I, I learned how to pronounce his name after years. Ancient <laughs> <laughs> Demon, Demon Souls. Demon Souls is another game that mm. does uh, actually deserve to be played. I play. I actually liked it more than the Dark Souls series. Oh, me too. And uh, and I'm actually waiting for Sony to do a damn remaster of it because that's probably the one game that deserves a remaster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean that that's that's like uh, people are going to throw their wallets at it, so it's safe, sure money. So why not? Yeah, I, I completely agree, and that's something I do need to go back to because I that was like in the middle of my college years um and i was really just getting acquainted with these hard like very excruciatingly hard games um and i kept dying i just thought it was a broken game for a while until we turned it into a drinking game and it was whenever you die you take a shot and uh of course you just get progressively worse so i do not recommend this by any means um but that's that's how i ended up liking Dark Souls and understanding that difficulty is a mechanic at times that, or is a feature to a game that really makes things stand out. 
there is something funny, which is more about Dark Souls than the Demon Souls. Uh, From Software did a promotional stream for Dark Souls Three, mm-hmm. and they had this actress uh, from uh, the Takarazuka Review in Japan, which is a theatrical thing, and uh, they had her play uh, the original Dark Souls over and over for like six <laughs> or seven or eight weeks. Yeah, and this and every time she died. She and uh, From Software PR both have to drink something. I had no idea what it was, but the faces they were doing was pretty disgusted faces. Right. On stream, on YouTube, live. And uh, they, and this poor chick, she, she died so many times on the same gargoyle <laughs> boss. Right. Again and again, for like four weeks in a row, she was stuck on this boss for one hour at a time. It was yeah. atrocious. I was really pitying her right um all right so we're gonna add one more question this one comes from we'll do this one from x big boss 20 he says what do you think rocksteady will work on next a superman game perhaps uh what do you guys think hmm that's an interesting question uh we're gonna have suicide squad coming out so maybe a tie-in for that could come yeah i don't know but a superman game also would be a possibility. Uh, like, if they could finally make a good Superman game, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, the problem I, is that with Super Game games, you have to really do the flight right, and to do the flight right, the open world is very tricky. Right. So Superman flies very fast. Oh yes. And if you look at all open world games that have flight in them, the flight is always very slow, because there is this fact that open world games need to um, they need to stream the environment, and there is always there is only so far that you can put the assets of the environment in memory uh, to stream. So the faster you go, the fastest the 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 least the less detailed the environment can be, because you need to to fit the the assets in memory in time. Uh, which is, for instance, an example is that um, in Famous Second Son, the speed at which you could move uh, with um, with the protagonist was not a design choice or anything. It was simply the fastest speed they could they could load the assets in memory. So since Superman flies so fast, and it would feel absolutely shitty if it didn't fly fast, uh, they would really need to nail the streaming of the assets in memory to do it right. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's possible with this generation of consoles yet because that's just a matter of bandwidth of the memory right yeah you'd have to honestly the only way you could technically do it and it's something kind of popped up in my head is um if anyone ever played dragon ball z budokai 3 back on ps2 in the overworld map you'd be able to fly it like a normal like slow speed and then there was a button to actually speed up but if you're going to do that it's like you said you have to worry about the assets that are in the thing so you probably have to put in like loading zones which in this day and age i don't think anyone's going to accept no. in, not in a flying in modern game. gaming not probably. in a game which you can fly definitely so right um so chris if you could not not talking what do you think is going to happen because i think that's probably a hard choice but what would you if there's a franchise you wish that rocksteady could do what would it be a franchise i wish they could do Ooh. I Are we just sticking with superheroes? Or? No, no, we're not. Actually, I'll throw mine out before we go to you. 
I because they are they're king. I think in like the closed space environment. Uh, I'm a fan of Arkham Asylum first and foremost. Even though I loved uh, City and I loved, um, oh, what was the third one? Uh, it's already slipped from my mind. But I would love for them to do a Castlevania game. And I know it wouldn't happen because Castlevania is dead forever. Uh, it's Konami. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I would love for them to somehow be licensed the assets because they, they really made a great Metroidvania third person game, which would make for a great Metroid game, but I, I don't ever trust anyone to do Metroid anymore, even Nintendo. Um, but I, I, I think that they could really do some great things with Belmont. Well, you know, uh, there is going to be another Castlevania. Come on, it's going to be a pachinko machine, but it's going to be another. <laughs> uh, like pachinko is fun. Oh, you God. guys never tried pachinko, it is. It's fun. I don't know how it works. I just move it randomly, but it's fun. You know what? Thinking of a combat was like in your face too. <laughs> thinking of a combat type game, uh, I would honestly, I want to see Devil May Cry come back. And seeing as how solid they've always they've made like their combo strings and everything, why not give them a shot? They can't be anything worse than Dante. So. Mm -hmm. All right. So we we've done a lot of questions, uh, and we have still a fair amount left to go through. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, the topic of the show. Three thirty-six my time. So yeah, I need to sleep too. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I can't. And tomorrow and in the morning, like in four hours, there is Sony's financials so i need to be here covering them too of course all right so we're going to talk about game exclusivity and we're going to go over a little less content i think because we're pressed on time but um so we're right now we're having a ton of console <laughs> exclusives um we have quantum break of course came out we have uncharted coming out we have a host of other exclusives between alienation and uh severed and uh, just a ton of stuff still coming out at mid i would say mid console life at this point what do we think about console exclusives what purpose do they serve to the industry um so i think a console exclusive other than obviously being a draw to purchase one system or the other stops the industry from doing whatever it wants because you kind of get to make a decision by your wallet and you can't have Sony doing the exact same thing Microsoft's doing all the time because then, you know, you'll have almost essentially monopoly. So I think it, it incentivizes you, obviously, to buy their system. But I think it's it helps us, like, as a consumer base from having to deal with, oh, well, I want Microsoft wants to do this. Call up Sony. Hey, this will get us more profits. Let's do this. And mm -hmm. they both agree to it. Right. Well, that's... Maybe a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mostly console exclusives are, are, I think we should more look them at the from the consumer point of view. Mm -hmm. Like console exclu exclusive, like yeah, of course they, they are good for for the publisher that has them because it gives them it gives people a, a reason to buy their console. But from a consumer point of view, I think it's good only really when uh, in two cases. One is when it's first party, which means that, yeah, of course, first parties has a, have a very good comment of one console. So it's good that they can s squeeze any little bit 
of power out of the console because that's that's what they do. That that's that's their job. Uh, but other than that, also when uh, when a console exclusive is uh, is for a game that if it wasn't financed for by the by the publisher that that's publishing it exclusive wouldn't be made. One re one yeah. one example would be Bayonetta two. Absolutely, like that no one wanted to to finance and. Nintendo came in and they say, "Oh, we give you, we give you the money, so let's do it." So in that case, yeah, it's great that that there is an exclusive, not not because it is exclusive, but because that's the only way we're gonna get it. Other than that, I think if with third-party games and things like that, it's always better for as many people as possible to be able to play it. I think. Yeah, I I, I was gonna agree mostly to that last point. I mean, there is that. There's definitely spots where console exclusives are better, um, and that's mostly when uh, it's the only way a game will be made. Uh, so we're hearing possible rumors. We know for sure Bayonetta 2 is like that, but we're hearing possible rumors about Beyond Good and Evil maybe being a console exclusive. But like that's the thing is you can pull out some of these niche games that an audience will absolutely want, um, but just doesn't have enough support. Um, so here's the question. Yeah, like like Shenmue too, oh, which yeah. is not just on console. Shenmue Three, sorry, is it's also on PC, but Sony seems to be supporting it. In, in the end, uh, I I don't know how people could be so crazy not to want to do like a, a like a Shenmue Three, but in any case. Uh, they, mm -hmm. It's going to be made because it has a publisher support. Mm -hmm. So in that case, I welcome it. Other right. other other cases, uh, first of all, when when a game comes to PC, that's great because uh, if you have a game that's on console, you don't have to sacrifice anything for it to go on PC. So yeah. it's uh, people get get angry at Microsoft when it puts games on PC, but. Why? I mean, it's other people being able to play the game. It's it's not like they're you lose anything out of it, and the developer gets more, more visibility, the game gets more visibility, the 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 publisher gets more money, more people get to play it. Everyone wins. You don't lose anything if if a game goes to to PC. Of course, uh, there is always the thing that um, it's better when that this happens afterwards. Like so, you don't. You, the developer can focus on um, on the console version to make it the best it can be, and then they can focus to put it on PC afterward. You know, mm -hmm. but if it happens, that's great. According to me, everyone can can play it. But even when a game it's on PS4 and gets ported on on Xbox One afterwards, that's great. Like, awesome! Everyone gets to play it. Right. Why not? Or the other way around. Uh, our hobby should be an inclusive hobby. We right. should be happy when more people get to play the games we love. Like uh, even even PC games that get ported to console. Like uh, right now I'm playing Black Desert Online and I'm loving it. And I hope one day someone sees the light and puts it on console. Because the more people play it, the more people get to experience an MMORPG that's very fresh and, and different from a lot of the MMORPG we played. And I think it's it's a good thing that everyone gets to to experience it. If you love the game, you should want more people to play it. That that's my 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 general stance. Right. I I definitely have an interesting opinion. At least personally, I 
you know, I'll always say that I would love a game to be exclusive, games to be uh, not exclusive, to be open for everyone because I want everyone to play as many games as they can, no matter where they are. But personally, when I hear a game's exclusive, I love hearing that as someone who owns multiple consoles. I always like having something to look forward to. Um, and yes, I can look forward to the game if it were to come out on Quantum Break. Uh, like if Quantum Break were to come out on PlayStation 4 or Xbox One, I could still look forward to playing it. But I don't, something definitely still feels special when it's an exclusive. Um, that might yeah, be It's mostly a perception thing. Yeah, it? definitely. It's all perception. Um, but it, there, I think there is some sort of feeling there, uh, which I would not sacrifice for other people being able to play the game. But I think that there's definitely a real feeling that people get that they're losing when things go multi-platform. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, Chris, what do you think about timed exclusive or even Stranger DLC exclusives? Because those, those both exist. Uh, I get the purpose of them, uh, but I hate them, and I think they're stupid. <laughs> I, th- right. I think it I just read. kind of divides... It, it divides the gaming community. Like, uh, I feel like I'm going to wind up entering the game in every podcast, but uh, Destiny is the best example of it, where you have timed exclusives like the gun Hawkmoon, that if you wanted to get it on Xbox, you had to wait a year right. for it to show up. And by that point, it's been nerfed into the ground... It's it's not as good as it once was, so you don't you don't get to have that s- same experience that you get. Like a month is it's still annoying. I get it. What they do with certain like map packs, like uh, I know Call of Duty recently switched from Xbox for a month uh, for the first month to PlayStation has it for the first month, but it it's just annoying. <laughs> it's annoying and it's dumb. Yeah. I don't like it. You're telling your fan base. You're, you're telling half of your fan base or. A third of your fan base, actually two thirds of your fan base, because there is PC in there as well. You're telling them, "Oh, you're second rate. Mm-hmm. We care less about you." So that that's a very bad message to give just for money. Yeah, and I know money is what drives the business, this business, but I think there are better way to make it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, how about even weirder than that? Not necessarily console exclusive content, but exclusive content by retailer. Oh, that's horrible. That's just (laughs) the worst. All right, so I think... Why'd you have to bring up dark times for my past, Lou? (laughs) That's true. You were were those people who peddled that nonsense. I had to. And if I didn't hit my goals, they would fire me like Giuseppe. We expect you to confess for these sins, but... You had to peddle (laughs) that one and game protection things. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you want to buy the $3 game protection plan? Yeah. It'll cover your <laughs> disc it. for one year in case any kind of a scratch happens to it. Oh, but if it breaks, too bad. Right. <laughs> it's the worst. All right, so I'm going to sum it up on one question. Uh, would you rather live in a world where all games are exclusive to a platform or where they're all um, they're all available for everyone? I think we've come up to, with an easy answer for all of us on this one. Oh yeah, definitely yeah. the second. All right, so now free with that, the games, free the games. Hashtag. Uh, we'll get that <laughs> going afterwards. All right, so now that that's done, I think even though that was the topic of the, sh- of the show, we have some real meat of the matter of the podcast in this bit. Uh, this is the recurring, sometimes not recurring segment, Eight Bit Idiot. As we mentioned last week, uh, 
this isn't a per this isn't supposed to be personally targeted to anyone uh every once in a while people have bad days they make bad decisions major mess ups and this happens in the game industry all the time and we use the segment to highlight stuff that are ha you know uh, topical stuff happening in the industry that we do not like or that we think is a major screw up and uh, gives us a way to talk about it in a broader sense and what we're talking about today is localization and uh, and you porn and porn uh, <laughs> but we're gonna I'm just actually because if there's one person on the I would say on the internet not even in you know in dual shockers itself but just vehement for the whole industry. I, I think that's you, Giuseppe. Um, you're are you really, crazy? You are the specialist in this case. Uh, I'm not the, the specialist. I just worked in localization on anime for six years. Mm -hmm. So I have a little bit of experience, but I'm definitely not the one person on the internet. <laughs> Giuseppe, you are the are you, you're hoping You're hoping to take off some, some fires from your tally. That's no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, so, well... So I want to hear, you know, what is your experience with localization? Because there's, there's been a ton of stuff lately. Uh, we could talk Xenoblade Chronicle boob slider. We could talk face petting <laughs> minigame. Um, but a lot of stuff that I don't think anyone on Dual Shockers has been okay with. Uh, a no, lot of but the, the, the simple fact is that uh, look at there is there is two there is a, a bit a, a big split that we need to make. Uh, a lot of people say that justify this kind of things mm -hmm. say oh it's it's not censorship it's localization that this is kind of a, this sophistry that goes around between those that yeah. like to uh, justify it which it's true it's it, i mean half of it is true it's localization the fact is that many people don't understand that localization and censorship are not mutually exclusive you can be doing localization and within the localization, you can censor stuff. Right. Uh, when you cut something from a game, or when you replace something with with something else uh, that's more acceptable morally, it's censorship. It's also localization. It's both things. It's they're not uh, mutually exclusive, and it's something that happened. I, I used to work on anime, uh, to anime localization for when I was much younger in my in my early twenties. And even when I was at uh, between eighteen and twenty, and uh, we, uh, I actually was lucky to 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 work for a VHS. We still had VHS then, and then the beginning of the DVD market. So it was home video, and it was a a company in Italy, of course, that that uh, was famous for respecting the, the original as much as possible. So I was lucky that no one ever asked me to 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 censor or to to cut stuff from the game or to make adaptations that were difficult from um, that were that were disrespectful of the original but you can definitely do a localization and still censor something yeah so in the end the problem is that at the moment there is a trend within certain companies mostly which it's mostly Nintendo we can't hide behind the finger right. uh, that does it a lot because they want to protect their um, family friendly uh, image but they're not the only one like uh, Square Enix just came up with this thing with uh, Star Ocean um, Integrity of Fightlessness uh, 
mm-hmm. if they put just a little bit more uh, effort in their games and instead of just coming up with super long titles. Uh, but yeah, uh, in any case, uh, one of the characters, Mickey, had uh, panties under a skirt. And they changed those panties for under like uh, under the skirts into a, a shorts, white shorts that look horrible, by the way. But right. it's uh, and of course they actually did it uh, in uh, in the Japanese version as well. Like uh, they came out and openly said that their Western counterparts, uh, probably marketing or something like that, told them that it was not okay to have. Um, a teen wear sexy underwear. Sex. I, I'm not sure what they, why they think that a pair of normal white panties are sexy underwear. That she wasn't wearing like a tongue that shown everything. Mm-hmm. But um, so they changed it for both version, and a lot of people in Japan got very angry about it. Mm-hmm. And that's understandable because if um, if uh, you are if you are looking at the game that's fruit of your own national development culture and that game gets changed to fit a different development culture right that's bad that that's something everyone would would get get hungry at so the the, the two chan crowd got absolutely wild the two chan is basically the japanese version of 4chan and they are they're very strong Strong, uh, strong, strongly opinionated. So they got absolutely furious and and posted a ton of like <laughs> very, very angry messages. But the fact is that that that's just the tip of the iceberg. We are in living in a in a world in which uh, there is a lot of pressure on developers to um, to avoid showing certain things, and some developers are caving, mm-hmm. and that's a problem uh, because they're giving up. There and even these the, the developers at Square Enix, and I'm not talking about the marketing people. I'm talking about the the producer of the game and the, the director of the game. In that interview, they didn't really didn't seem too happy to have to have to have done that. And I'm sure that no one would be. And right. Nintendo is dying doing it a lot, and in a way that's really nonsensical because it's inconsistent, mm-hmm. uh, which also applies to to. To Sarosian because Sarosian and they 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 change the panties of this character, but there is this other character Fiore that's wearing an outfit that's made of checkers, and the, che- the checkers are black and are fabric, and the rest is naked. So interesting, <laughs> and that's ah. that's um. more sexy and revealing than anything the other character could be. And I and I get that Mickey is a teen, but she wasn't wearing. A tongue, a, a super like revealing tongue. She was wearing panties. You see, you see more in a beach every day if you go to, to the seaside. Right. So that that was, and that's the same with Nintendo. Nintendo is inconsistent with their with their localization. Uh, they show things. They some things pass. Like if you look at like Bayonetta, for instance, Bayonetta two. Yeah. Uh, for instance, even if there, I think there was a clause. Like probably Platinum Game simply simply put a clause with, with in their contract with Nintendo saying that yeah we're gonna work for you if if you don't pass us, us to like neuter the game, which is something that I could definitely see Platinum doing and having the 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 pool to be able to do. Mm-hmm. 
but the fact that we are seeing so much inconsistency in the organization, we see uh, some games that get released with sexy content and other games that don't, it's one of the problems. The other problem is that they are really neutering some of their games. And the biggest issue I see is that they are uh, hiding elements of a development culture that's simply different than ours. Uh, Japanese development culture includes fan service. It's something that's part of Japan. It's part of uh, anime. It's part... I, I, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Evangelion in, in the past. It's one of the anime I worked on. They, at, the, at the end of each episode, they add a, a little skit about the, the next episode, mm -hmm. and there was Misato's voice actors that would say, service to service, so she was announcing when there was some serv some fun service in the next episode. Right. Because that's something that in, Jap in Japan it's, it's appreciated, and it's, it's not even serious. They, they don't even right. take it seriously. So, and neutering an aspect of the different development community, for me, it's a loss. It's a... It's a loss in diversity. We uh, we have a, a gaming industry that's so much influence, influence at the moment, so much dominated by Western influences that we should nurture the richness of different development culture, yeah. which is, you know, something that we should uh, embrace, nurture, and be happy to see. And uh, this kind of censorship, because it is censorship, make no mistake. It's also localization, but it's also censorship. Kind of makes them lose that flavor and flattens the gaming industry on Western parameters, which is sad for me. Uh, not just because I appreciate Japanese culture as a whole, but that's, that would go for each and every cult gaming culture I can think of. Uh, mm -hmm. For instance, one, one shining example we have in the industry is a, a CD Projekt. City okay. Project is City Project. Uh, people consider them a Western developer, but they are wrong. Uh, City Project is a, a Slavic uh, Eastern European developer, and their development culture and their culture in general is much different from ours. From uh, mm -hmm. the, the, for instance, the American development culture or the French development culture. Right. Uh, they have a lot of Slavic culture in their in their um, in their games and. I can only imagine if this game was uh, uh, localized by the same people that do the Nintendo games, for instance, it would be demolished. And that would right. be a loss because uh, CD Projekt is one of the few examples we have of uh, Slavic development culture. And uh, their, their culture kind of is uh, in your face, don't give a fuck about all these moral you know, uh, problems. Yeah that us Westerners are, are, are like in putting in front of our games. And that's why I, one of the reasons, the many reasons to appreciate their games, but one of the reasons I appreciate them is because they don't give a fuck. They have their culture and they treasure it and they tell us, you want it? Well, they, 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 they did it in their first games. They, they, they neutered, they, they, they removed, the, like they censored the, the cards in which every time you, you like conquer the, a lady in the game, you mm -hmm. get you card. And the European version had them uncensored, and the American version they were censored. And but at the time they were small; they couldn't afford to like fly in the face and stuff. But 
after that, they they grew and they came to a point in which they could afford not not doing it anymore. So I'm happy that they got to that point, and I hope they never cave to the pressure. The, the, their development culture is fantastic, and I hope they and it re- enriches our our gaming landscape. It's right. it brings a different point of view that we don't get to see often, and and it's it's great that we get to see it. Right. So we have seen people criticizing them for that, and that's sad. Uh, luckily, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care anymore. They used to care on, with, with the Witcher one, but they don't care anymore. So I don't see them ever caving to pressure. Mm-hmm. But with Japan, it's problematic because Japan, uh, it's not in the position it was anymore. Yeah, they they, they have to kind of uh, bend to pressure to manage to make that, or they think they have to to sell more. Honestly. I don't think they they sell anything more by doing this, especially like developers by like Square Enix, uh, because uh, when you when you you do this, don't you don't cater to defense of a franchise or JRPGs or Japanese games. You caters to people to people that mostly don't buy and would never buy them anyway. Yeah. So. So you don't increase your sales. You basically just hope that you're not going to suffer because of bad press. But if uh, Dead or Alive uh, 3 Extreme demonstrated something, is that bad press only is good is, is only good <laughs> at least this thing of bad press on like uh, titillating and sexy content only helps sales. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's not an incredible game. I give it six and. <laughs> And right. but but it's still sold its on uh, because uh, even even if it was harder to acquire in the West because you had to go to importers like Play, Play Asia or similar because uh, because of the controversy. So in the end, uh, caving to pressure is not a good idea, and uh, it kind of flies in in the face of your fans to please people that are not your fans and are not going to be even if, even if you try to please them. Mm-hmm. So in the end, they, it doesn't make sense. I understand that Nintendo wants to keep a family-friendly thing, but honestly, I will tell you one thing. Nintendo in Japan, I'm hoping that Nintendo Japan, sooner or later, regain more control of what happens in the West. Yeah, uh, for like they take controls away away for a little bit from Nintendo of America that seems to be the the top dog for for Western publishing, and they take things back in your hand in their hand because Nintendo Japan does the right thing. If you look at Nintendo's lineup in Japan, they have a separate lineup for games that are not for kids. If you look at games like Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, mm-hmm. it actually has a Different color of the color of the cover. It uh, the cover is darker, and uh, it clearly indicates in the shops that that game, even if it's a Nintendo game, it's a Nintendo game for grown-ups. Right. And so of course they they have no problems putting any kind of content in it because it's a game for grown-ups. And it clearly indicated they don't you don't even need to look at the. Uh, Zero, with it, which is the, their, their own like ESRB, you don't even need to, to look at the, the rating because when you see a cover of a Nintendo game that's that dark green, uh, that's the, the, cover, the color they use for uh, uh, grown-up games, you know that it's a grown-up game. And, and that's perfect for me. 
you absolutely market the games as something that is not for kid for kids, but uh, keep the content int intact. Right. So the problem is that Nintendo of America doesn't want to do that. They just cut content away in a in a in a in a way that that is not good, and even subtle can changes are not are not really good uh, because for just to make an example a lot of people are accepting towards um, localization that changes the age of a character uh, from uh, 16 or 17 to 18 which is what what's happening with uh, uh, Bun Roku uh, which is a Tokyo Mirage session um, uh, hashtag AFE well, the problem with that is that uh, the game is set in modern Japan and that has a big influence on the story of the game mm -hmm. because uh, in Japan when you become 18 your uh, role in society changes radically you are starting to study for university and entrance exam so you don't have any uh, free time you are, you are a third year and you're about to enter the most challenging period of your life so these young people in um, Tokyo Mirage Sessions are going to uh, to be 18 but they're not going to have any of this because in the game in the original game they're actually second year in, in high school in second year is pretty much the the middle year in which you're still free so they can actually pursue their their careers idols and stuff like that uh, you don't see many idols in japan that, have, that are 18 because even idols most idols tend to try to get into a good university so so they they have to cram in their third right. of high school. So they're changing a lot of the story, even if it's a subtle change. And that's something that, as someone that worked in localization, I don't think it's a good idea because it's, it's a big change in the, car, in, the, in the setting in which the character moves. Right. And, uh, it, some people, most people won't, won't care, but I do. And <laughs> of course, there are bigger changes, like the, change, the changes like the panties changing to spats. Which is similar to the to what Square Enix did with the um, with Star Ocean, and who the hell wears pads on their skirt? I mean, okay, there are some people that do that in the winter, but it's not fashionable. It doesn't look good. It really, it's really a bad solution. It's it's lazy and it's not nice. And and Nintendo also made this. this uh, communication declaration whatever at saying that oh it's it's atlas doing the localization and that sounded a lot like pinning the blame to me saying mm -hmm. oh yeah it's their fault because i i'm sorry i normally am a very trusting person i like trusting people until proven wrong but right. i won't believe for a second that atlas did this kind of changes totally on their own without any requests or influence from nintendo that's Nothing really. Um, but yeah, well, thank you for the dissertation. I mean, that was. I'm sorry. No, no, <laughs> that, that was. I want to hear your opinion on that. I want to hear Chris's opinion as a Nintendo fanboy. Oh, uh, uh, my opinion as a Nintendo fanboy is that, uh, well, as a smart Nintendo fanboy, is that Nintendo's <laughs> stupid half the time. <laughs> uh, like I said earlier, it's like they took out what, like the face rubbing game from uh, Fire Emblem Fates, but I could still marry a child. Yeah. What makes sense in this? <laughs> like, yeah, like I'm. If I remember correctly, there was an episode of Law and Order SVU, and if I'm referencing Law and Order, there's a problem. 
But I remember the girl, like, apparently looked like she was 14, but she was actually, like, 18, I think. And the guy was put on trial because he's like, no. And they're like, no, you're doing this because you love kids. And he's like, no, she just she just looks young. And then he gets arrested in the show. You're getting arrested in Law and Order for it. How does it escape localization? Yeah. I mean, well, because be, the, 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 I tell you why it escapes localization, because it's not localized. Right. <laughs> the big problem, and that's the big problem. The big problem is that when a show is, uh, comes from the U.S. or from the West, and it doesn't need to be localized, there is a ton that's, that goes by without anyone noticing or caring. But when it gets localized, people that do the localization get overzealous. Especially when they have a big publisher like Nintendo pressing or on the back of the neck, they get overzealous, and that they're not, that's not even their fault. Uh, I've seen people blaming people that do the localization, but those people act on instructions and very clear instruction from from the publisher. Right. So, the publisher is what is what takes the responsibility for it and give people that do the localization. Of course, there are people that take initiatives, of course, but most of, the, of those people doing localization act on extremely clear instructions. So they right. do what they're told and, and with their job on the line. Uh, personally, I, would, I wouldn't do the job if I had to, if I, if I was put in, 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 in the position to go against my beliefs. But in, but in any case, uh, the big problem is on the publisher side, not on the people that do the localization. I think some of those people that do localization, to be honest, are a bit incompetent mm-hmm. because of the way they, they 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 also say oh I don't know how to many times I see people that say I don't know how to translate this in a way that that respects the original so I'm just going to put a a pun a me like fire emblem you know fire <laughs> emblem right <laughs> yeah how many puns oh. there are in that game oh yeah like memes and puns yeah it's it's bad it's really bad don't forget the uh the ellipses where they just couldn't think of what to put in instead of dialogue oh yeah that's Um, the problem the art of localization localization is an art it's not easy by any means and it's harder from japan because japanese has a ton of uh, their own puns they're very difficult to translate but a good localization professional knows how to do it but while still and focuses on doing it while still uh, respecting the original, that's something that needs not to be the only priority you have. Like a good, a, the best localization professional I know, don't put the respect of the original as their only priority, mm-hmm. but they put it at one priority. Right. So they balance that with the, with making a good script that sounds good. Uh, I, I'm seeing a lot of people in the localization field nowadays that don't do that. They just, when they don't know what to do, they invent. And that's bad. Yeah, absolutely. All right. But we, we've really, I think, exhausted this topic. Yeah, we, we, but, we beat this on the ground. Yeah. Sorry for the long-winded. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not reading the comments, so uh, so yeah. I don't know how many people are cursing at me at the oh, moment. Oh, no, no. Everyone, everyone's been very supportive. Um, as they should be. I mean... That was probably one of the most well-rounded, just um, stream of uh, competent, just knowledgeable information about localization from someone who's flattering me. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not taking fires out of you. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so like, you know, if uh, hopefully if you're listening on the MP3, you didn't skip any of that because that. I mean that that it's 
to get a really solid understanding of things and not just listen to uh, what some you know commenters or some people on the internet will say that oh it's just the company making these changes so it's not censorship they're doing it of their own free I you really covered all the bases with that um, well actually I think I think I'm gonna write an article about that because honestly I didn't cover a quarter of it <laughs> like, uh, there is so much more to say. So I'm pretty going, just going to put it in in, in a in a like written form because otherwise right. I'm never gonna finish this podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, we we got one more. We're gonna cover it really quickly. Um, and this is I'm gonna kick it back to you, Giuseppe. Um, <laughs> Stop what, it. Uh, what what <laughs> happened? What happened with YouPorn? Oh, oh yeah. So basically, uh, YouPorn had their own uh, uh, pro. They still have their own pro team uh, for uh, for like uh, competitions like street fighters call of duty and, and whatnot like all these esports team and they had a very very competent and good team actually they they've won mm -hmm. some tournaments and whatnot and the ESL banned them from their competitions because porn Ridiculous. because you porn is a porn provider so they they said it's illegal in some regions to to we operate in to to publicize porn so we will we will ban you and you will we won't be able to like participate to to our competition and that's kind of segues with censorship because this is another form of censorship they're not censorship censoring the content of games but they're censoring people that just happen to have a y and p on their shirts yeah. Because they are loosely connected with porn, and that's a terrible thing. Like they are actually influencing the livelihood of these people, mm -hmm. uh, because of course they are pro gamers. So their job is to win competition, to participate to competitions. Right. So in the name of uh, prudence, because that's how there is to it. Uh, because even if they say that there are laws on in the thing, that, that those laws are born on prudence. So in mm -hmm. the name of morality and prudence, they are negatively influencing the livelihood of gamers. And uh, a league, a sports league, and I'm not talking just about esports, but a sports league of any kind, I think their first priority should be to protect and to uh, support the competitors, the, athlete, the athletes. Right. In this case, they, they, they didn't. They covered their asses instead of protecting the athletes. And uh, they can't tell me that they couldn't find a solution because other leagues accept them. So if other leagues can get by, they could. They just didn't want to. Uh, right. The U-Porn team, they, they, they actually offered to completely sever the, the branding of the team from yeah. U-Porn. They said they would I, possibly be named something else, right? Yeah, exactly. But they still, that still wasn't enough. And that tells me that they're just trying to cater to this crowd of people that just want sexuality and any kind of sexiness erased from gaming. Mm -hmm. Which and is, again, a, proper, a problem of variety. I think personally that whoever wants to uphold and support diversity in gaming should, instead of trying to uh, to support censorship and uh, flattening of uh, of other culture and other points of view 
sexual content, non-sexual content, they should try to uphold diversity in content. Mm -hmm. So every kind of content should be within reason, accepted and embraced. Even a team that comes in with a YP on their shirt, they don't have tits on their shirt. Come on. Right. Not, they don't come around in, in, their, in their panties um, waving around their nature as a, as a team sponsored by, by a porn provider. They just have a YP on their shirt. They're doing nothing wrong, absolutely. So right. I think it's absolutely scandalous that a sports league, I'm not talking about an eSports, a sports league is not protecting their athletes in this way. Right. And we'll see how it will progress. But honestly, personally, I think it's really a bad precedent. What do you think, Chris? Uh, stopping anyone from doing something is always stupid. Like, I, I get the, the, like, oh, we don't want to be associated with, like, a porn site. But then when the porn site openly comes and they're like, hey, we'll get rid of all of our branding. We'll stop being like a focal point for this team there won't even there'll be no indication of you porn and then you still say no then what are you doing in the end it's more of like hey we don't want you here we're going to keep they're you out punished, of here right exactly Just, they're yeah, punishing them for for being, for for being getting... associated with porn exactly and you know and they're not porn actors i mean yeah well, to be They're fair, we don't athletes. know if they don't jump on, like, start doing a Chippendale show after they win. I cannot confirm this. Trust me, I've seen the people. They're, they're not porn actors. <laughs> um, but There's a section on the internet for everything, Lou. But I think, rule 26. <laughs> <laughs> I think the craziest thing about this, um, especially, and that's even crazier than past, you know, them say, willing to change their name and sever their ties and they're completely G-rated. Um, you know, as a team, and when you Google up their name, you porn doesn't come up, their team comes up. Past all of that, I mean, the they sponsor other people that are most of this is like Counter Strike. You know, you got mature games going on, first off, in these sports leagues. Second off, yeah. um, backing these companies are a lot of, you know, gambling, uh, gambling yeah. companies, and that's clearly adult. Um, and also, just very controversial companies like companies that sell keys for PC games, you know, like Steam keys or something. That's totally fine. But it's the porn that's wrong. I, I, I that that's what baffles me. I'm ready to bet that all these people in the board of ESL sometimes in their life enjoyed porn. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So they're being hypocritical. Now porn is bad. No, my God. Won't you think of the children? Right. So we're going to wrap up there. I think we've covered adequately just about everything. <laughs> um, too yeah, possibly <laughs> too much. We've got a three-hour podcast for all we know. Um, we're going to run the Quantum Break giveaway afterwards. We've got uh, small descriptions of what we were playing this week, upcoming games, and social media plugs and sign off. It should all be two or three minutes if you want to stick around. Um, all right, so go ahead and do the giveaway, Chris. And the winner is. Wait, hold on. I almost misspelled winner. Oh my I god! Nepotism. How am I this? If I <laughs> if I wasn't a part of this, this would be amazing. The system's rigged. Oh, there we go. Now that's gaming. Perfect. Now that's gaming. Uh, so sticking around helped. Yes. Yeah. 
now that's gaming make sure you stick around till the end until after we're going to whisper to you uh beautiful things and also find out your email address um all right so now that that's done uh what are you playing this week giuseppe uh i've been playing um battlefleet gothic armada because I, I have to review it so i've been playing quite a bit I, it's spoiler it's nice it's very nice uh but i i'm a warhammer 40,000 fan and that's a an aspect of the Warhammer 40,000 franchise that not many people got to see because the Battlefield Gothic game game is very niche. So mm -hmm. I encourage people to check it out even before they read my review. Um, other than that, I've been playing a lot of Black Desert Online. Right. I'm actually going back to my stable right now to see what kind of horse. I've been breeding <laughs> horses. So okay. right now I'm going back to the stable and see what the lottery gives me. But that's it for now. Oh, also, the Niho demo. Okay. Yes. Um, so Chris, what have you been playing? I have been, I beat Fire Emblem Revelations, which was nice. Uh, I've been doing some, uh, Iron Banana in Destiny, because Iron now banana. it's raining. Iron Banana, it's raining loot, it's amazing. Perfect. <laughs> and I'm probably, I don't know, I think I might hop back on, uh, ESO Online. Mm. Be that guy. That's brave of you. Uh, <laughs> it's very brave. <laughs> uh, personally, this week, I'm... Uh, reviewing a, a fair amount of things um, while I'll, I'll occasionally hop on Destiny right now. I'm currently playing through Corpse Party. Uh, speaking of localization, I have no clue how that's getting through, um, but it is on Nintendo 3DS. Uh, Corpse <laughs> Party, you'll see my review later this week. Um, I'm occasionally going on Stranger of Sword City. Reviews out already on Dual Shockers. It was a very good game. We gave it a 7.5. And um, I'm working on... Uh, Langrisser re uh, reincarnation. Langrisser reincarnation re <laughs> <laughs> re Tensei, uh, which is out on Nintendo 3DS, and that is a longer RPG, so you'll see me write about that in a while. But that's really where I'm separating all of my gaming time this week. All right. So, upcoming which games. Incidentally, that... since you talked about Langrisser, we have some birthday wishes to to do because the first langrisser which was called in the u.s it was called war song came mm -hmm. out 25 years ago today so happy happy anniversary langrisser okay so upcoming games this Chris? week <laughs> this is not playing in games um no we get, not, wait, i talked yeah he said you iron did? banner destiny yeah. You're just ignoring oh, sorry. me. Sorry, I, I probably fall asleep for like two minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is very late <laughs> on your end. All right, so upcoming games. We have uh, on April 28th, we've got Lost Reavers coming to Wii U. Uh, May 3rd, Battleborn for PC, PS4, Xbox One. On Also on May 3rd, we have The Park for PS4, Xbox One. Shadow Complex Remastered on PS4. Neverending Nightmare on PS4. Push Me, Pull You also on PS4. Um... Uh, oh, we also have Asken 2, and I'm not exactly sure. I imagine that's Vita or PS4. I don't have it written down. And Ray Gigant. Gigant. Ray Gigant. Gigant. For PS Vita. Is that an anime? No, it's a it's a JRPG. Okay. And John JRPG. Well, since you liked so much uh, Strangers War City, maybe we can have you uh, review that one as well. We will see. <laughs> we'll see how many uh, 50 hour RPGs I can fit in um, alright so uh, you can 
thanks for joining in. We know we've had some technical difficulties. Uh, we, we've been porting someone in here from Italy. Uh, so of, there's going to be some difference in sound quality. But thank you for sticking with us and thank you for joining. Uh, you can find us at twitter.com slash dualshockers. Um, or facebook.com slash dualshockers, instagram.com slash dualshockers. You go anywhere, look up dualshockers, there's a good chance you'll find us. Um, if you go to YouTube, we're a little bit different. We got DSTV Originals to come watch and be part of the show. We read your comments out loud. We chat with you guys. Uh, we're doing this every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m at twitch.tv uh, slash dualshockerslive. We're going to keep doing the giveaways, hopefully. Uh, we'll let you know as soon as we know, uh, know what we're doing next week. Uh, finally, you can read our round-the-clock news coverage, reviews, features, and editorials, including uh, Giuseppe's dissertation of uh, localization <laughs> soon to be coming at dualshockers.com. No by the way, because it's going to take a long time to, <laughs> to write. <laughs> But yeah, come come visit DualShockers.com. It's what keeps the lights on. Uh, and once again, thank you for joining us. Uh, thanks all you guys for coming on. Chris and thank you. Giuseppe. Uh, you can find me over on Twitter at Luke and Taldi. You can find Giuseppe at... What's your Twitter handle? Do you want me to say it? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Well, Abriel, but <laughs> people will never learn to, to, <laughs> to pronounce it. So it's A, B, R... Uh, I E uh, A L, I think. <laughs> okay. And well, if if I got it wrong, you just look for Giuseppe Nova somewhere that you find me. Right. And you can find Chris over at. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Moximens, and make sure you follow the channel uh, here on Twitch. That way, you'll get uh, any kind of an update whenever we go live for the podcast, and for whenever we just decide to stream something on this channel. Right. All right, well, thank you again, everyone, for watching. We'll see you episode three. We're going to go back into the outro song. Bye, everyone. Bye. Later. Later.